0: Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. I'm Liz Gumpener, and I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we are thrilled to be talking about kids and music and the importance of music education with none other than the amazing, iconic. Very talented Lisa Lowe. And
1: then we'll end our show as always with our cool picks of the week. All right, so I don't really feel like we need an introduction, but we will give an introduction, right, Liz? This is one heck of a bio.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of us uh, Gen Xers got to know Lisa with her humongous hit Stay. But since then, she has done so, so much, bringing her to now where she is a mom of two. And for the last few years, we've even covered her fantastic family music on Cool Mom Picks, including her her second album, Camp Lisa, after which she started the Camp Lisa Foundation to send underprivileged children to summer camp. So she is definitely a cool mom.
1: Yeah. And now she's got so much happening. This is the busiest time of the year for you. You've got Feel What You Feel is going to be streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime starting October 7th. And she's joining the second season of Creative Galaxy, the hit Amazon original kids series as the voice of Melody. And that you can catch on Friday. So, wow. Welcome, Lisa. We are so thrilled to have you here.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: We can't believe you found the time with all this stuff that you're doing right now. You are like the ultimate multitasking mom.
2: I know. I seriously, I feel like it. I'm, well, I got to leave my house at four thirty this morning. I was like, "Wow, this is fabulous." And then, you know, just out scheduling, I'm like, "Okay, well, I've got this doctor's appointment, and I've got these kids pick up, but then I have to meet a babysitter." And then I have to do this and like just like the combination, the, the variety of things that a mom has to juggle and that a working person has to juggle all at the same time, plus LA traffic. It's like, oh, but but then I have to be in that part of town, but then I have to be in this part of town, but it's going to take an extra twenty five minutes to get there at that part of town.
0: It actually sounds like my. Day- so far but without the 4:30 in the morning and without the LA traffic i just get to walk around brooklyn
2: i was in brooklyn yesterday <laughs> oh, oh my goodness I- we could have had coffee it's yesterday wait is yesterday sunday <laughs>
0: Yesterday was uh, Monday. I was
2: there on Sunday playing at Brooklyn Bowl. Oh, that's awesome. I played a kid's show there
0: Sunday afternoon. For our listeners who don't know, Brooklyn Bowl is a super cool, family-friendly, during the day, bowling alley in Williamsburg. It's like hipster central. My daughter had her birthday party there once. Even though we're not really hipsters, they let us in anyway. And uh, (laughs) it's a great place. That must have been a fun show.
2: It was. And I gained like four pounds that day because... A friend of mine's brother owns the place, and he kept saying, Oh, you gotta try. I, first of all, I had a really good friend of mine from college. I went to Brown, and my friend is a playwright. She also teaches, but she came and visited me backstage. So I ordered four things for us to share, but it turned out she was gonna eat later, so I ate the four things. And then I had the deviled eggs and the pizza and the salad. And they also gave me some raw veggies and some other thing. I don't even remember what I ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Right after I played, my friend Andrew was like, but you have to taste the fried chicken. I was like, okay. And then he ordered me three things, more deviled eggs and some fried cauliflower and fried chicken with mashed potatoes and collard greens. (laughs) So I started eating them. And then he's like, oh, no, no, no. I have to get you hot ones. Oh, my God. He ordered me a new one. And then in the meantime, I was eating airport food and cookies that I had bought on the airplane. And I came home and I got on the scale. I was like, Ah, nice. (laughs) Good job. Very good job, my lady.
0: But you probably burnt it all off trying to get through TSA. Yeah, right. No, actually, I was
2: pre check. I was like the best getting through security. I look like a traveler. I had my traveler outfit on.
0: See, that's good. I
1: would have been like, "Can I just go through TSA so I can drop the 4 pounds that I just gained?" <laughs> can you can you make me walk the line, please? Seriously, I had to walk
2: back and forth at JFK for hours. It's like, "Please, why did I eat two chicken dinners?"
0: <laughs> so, Kristen and I just talk about music for a minute. I mean, we can come back to chicken anytime, believe me. Anything fried is good for us. <laughs> no, it's devastating. But, you know, Kristen and I kind of joke a lot that often your music tastes kind of get stunted at a certain point like i think how i never really progressed past like 1998 and I wonder when you're actually a musician, if you kind of have that same issue or if you continue to evolve because it's part of your world. So are there artists that are inspiring you now that are different or the same as before? Where are you at with your own musical taste right now?
2: You know, it's both. Part of me, it's a struggle. It's funny. I play guitar. I play guitar. But some of the songs that I learned when I first started playing guitar when I was in seventh or eighth grade, those are still the go-to songs when I sit down to play. I'm like any other guy from a dorm room. My husband does that. He plays guitar a lot and he plays the same songs. And every once in a while, I actually hear them. He plays them on a CD, like a fish song or something. I'm like, oh, that's that guitar lick you're always playing. (laughs) (laughs) And once in a while, I'm like, oh my God, if it weren't for my husband, he works at Conan O'Brien with all the bands that come on the show. If it weren't for (laughs) him. And then my kids have started hearing music from other people. And some of these like illegal birthday samplers people put together (laughs) with all these cool songs on them. (laughs) It would like have stopped it like at The Cure in 1988 or something. I like Uh I just I love David Bowie. I love Zeppelin. I listen to classic rock and 70s pop on the radio. That's what I enjoy. But now my husband will bring home Purity Ring and like my daughter's obsessed with Purity Ring and Robin and things that might be outside of the genre of what I would normally listen to that everybody insists on listening to so I can listen to it. And then also, like, I was on the airplane yesterday and I watched a movie about Miles Davis and I thought, you know, I should really listen to more Miles Davis. And I I watched um, Ethan Hawke did a movie about Chet Baker, who I knew a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we all used to hang out in the 90s and listen to Chet Baker. Oh,
0: yeah, me too. I used to hang out with Ethan Hawke in the 90s yeah. and
2: listen to Chet <laughs> Baker all the time. So so my music taste it ebbs and flows. It's not as deep as it should be, but I do know that that's an issue. So I'm constantly thinking, like, What else can I listen to? I should listen to this new album my husband brought home. My kids want to listen to this thing in the kitchen. Like, I never actually listened to the Adele 25 album until yesterday. I knew the hits from it, but my daughter requested it on the Amazon Echo, the little Oh, yeah. Alexa is our friend. Yeah, she asked Alexa (laughs) to play the album, and I had never actually listened to it. But I also have to be in the right headspace. Sometimes I come into the house, I'm like, I don't want to hear any music. I don't want to hear anything. And that's often where I am. But yesterday, I did feel like listening to music. We had brought Taken dumplings. I didn't have to make the food. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So you could focus on making the playlist. Yeah,
2: they both took hip-hop lessons yesterday. My son and my daughter took two different classes, so I got to be the mom in the waiting room watching the kids through the window. It was very relaxing and centering, so I felt, like, open to listening to music. But it's hard to be up on everything, you know? It
1: must be nice to have someone in your home who is bringing in the new music? Because I think even though it's a lot easier, I think these days with like Spotify and Apple Music and so many of the services, you can find new music easily. But I think as adults, I mean, I was a musician, I was a music therapist, and taught music in college for a while, and still, I don't consume new music. I just purity ring that just sounds like something they hand out at church
2: or somewhere <laughs> not at church. Yeah, I know. And also sometimes re- records they take many times listening to them before they catch on. Exactly. Or you have to be in the right place. Like you have to be. In the car driving fast to listen to them, or you have to be quietly in your room or late at night or early in the morning. And if you listen to it at the wrong time of day or in the wrong location, it doesn't click. So especially when you have other humans like children and husbands who have music or some of the people I collaborate with, they'll suggest certain things or like I have a project that I want to do in in Austin, Texas, and somebody gave me a list of musicians and I started checking it out. I was like, oh my gosh, like I never would have known about these guys. And it's funny too, because some people say, oh, as a musician in the modern days, it must be really hard to get your music out there Or, or there's not as much good music being made. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's so much music we can't even consume. Yeah, it. it's just yeah,
1: it's so unbelievable. true. And I think as parents, it's got to be hard too. Like you don't have a lot of time to mm-hmm. be sitting there and researching exactly. you know, new music. Yeah. yeah,
2: I collaborate a lot with a guy named Rich Jacks, And on the way over there, I was listening to Miles Davis. And I think I was the perfect amount of really, really tired and really, really awake because <laughs> I'd gotten in from Brooklyn at like 12 at night, went to sleep at one, woke up at 6.30. I, I like eight hours of sleep, not five and a half. But then I, I had like a 30-minute nap and then drank a ton of coffee, so it was like the perfect balance of exhausted and awake. <laughs> I was listening to the Miles Davis on the way over there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is actually kind of a dream come true. I'm, I live in a place with a ton of traffic where I have to drive a lot. I love driving, and my dream was in eighth grade, you know, to be able to sit in my room like I did and just listen to records. I had a huge record collection. I was a DJ. And that's kind of what you get to do in L.A. You're sitting in traffic and you're just listening to podcasts and records. It's crazy. So
0: well, one thing we've loved hearing you evolve, we're the same age, by the way. We're born the same year and you're on my half birthday, oh. although a half year before me. So I don't know. I was a fetus, but, you know, now it's my <laughs> half birthday. Yeah. So we have a lot of the same influences and, you know, started parenting around the same time-ish. Yes. And it's been really interesting seeing you evolve into kids music or what we, yes. you know, the kindy community, which we write about a lot on our site for listeners who don't know it there's a huge genre now of kids independent rock and I think what's fascinating about it is that it's really changed the culture of kids music that even when Chris and I first had kids you know we were lucky enough to have Dan Zanes and they might be giants but for the most part kids music was awful <laughs> and if you were yeah, lucky it girl. was like kids <laughs> singing bad Beetle covers on some awful album yes. and now you're part of this amazing transition like Chris Ballou oh, yeah, great. You know, who went and now does Casper Baby Pants Yeah. and it's really raised the the bar. And so can you tell us a little bit about your own transition into family music? Was there any stigma? Was there any
2: hesitation? Well, the, the only stigma I had was like, oh, another pop musician playing kids music. You know, I didn't want to be just somebody going with the flow like, oh, now here comes time for the Christmas album, which I also have done Christmas songs like these are just things that we all want to explore. And finally, when we're not in that rat race of write a grown-up record, record it, go tour, come home, do it again. Like when you can start exploring other genres and other things. Like I knew I grew up loving the standards. I'd love to do a standards record. I've done a couple of standards, but everybody does standards. But that's what we listened to growing up. So it'd be fun to record them or doing a covers record of all these cool songs. I love David Bowie. I would love to record his songs. But that being said, I had an opportunity, a specific opportunity a little over 10 years ago and Barnes and Noble came to me to see if I would do a record exclusively with them that was different from my regular rock and singer songwriter and pop records. And so, of course, a kid's record seemed like a good thing to do because that was something I always wanted to do. But it was sort of less about kids music and more about the way I grew up. You know, the shows we all used to watch in the 70s, the Carol Burnett show and Donnie and Marie and the old radio shows I listened to, like Bob and Ray. Yes, and the, yes, yes. And uh, we used to enact those when we were in third grade on our tape recorder. Um, We'd memorize them, or comics like like Steve Martin, or the old Sesame Street from the 70s, or Electric Company, or anything that Jim Henson did. Free to be you and me. It was like a type of entertainment. It was very silly sometimes, it was very clever, it was funny, there was storytelling, it was very heartfelt. It had this cross-section of all these different things, and I wanted to do that. And you can't exactly do that when you're making sort of heartfelt love song records. It feels a little (laughs) weird to get into that humor side and storytelling with those kind of details. So... It wasn't until I started making kids' music, and I decided to make a kids' record for, for Barnes & Noble. I asked my friend Elizabeth Mitchell, who's... We love Eddie,
0: Elizabeth Mitchell.
2: Say, we love Yeah, her. so Liz and I were freshman roommates in college, and we had a band from the week before college started until six years later. We had a band called wow. Lisa and Lisa, and then she went on to make music with her husband, Dan, and they have her band, Ida, uh-huh. as well as her kids' music. So when it came time to make um, my record, I wanted... A record that sounded like real people playing real music. So I called upon her to help me with it, and she produced it. And it was Lisa Loeb and Elizabeth Mitchell. Was my first record called Catch the Moon? And then from there, I think I went even more into that world that I'm talking about, that really inspired me. The Free to Be You and Me, really rosy by Carol King. Entertainment that you didn't know was exactly for kids. I'm sitting it was here just...
0: weeping with nostalgia <laughs> right now. You have no idea. Yeah, my seventies. lip
2: glosses, the little metal tins that you open the lip glosses. Village
0: liplickers. There was cola yeah. on one side and cherry on the other. And we gave them in our Christmas stockings every single year. Or if
2: you put too many in a drawer, it smelled. It kind of made you nauseous because it was too many smells. <laughs> but so yeah, so I had this like I have nostalgia, but but the stuff from that era was so quality, and I wanted to make stuff like that. So my next kid's record was called Camp Lisa. And around that time, I was definitely, I knew about kids' music. I knew about Liz's music. My husband and I, I think we were dating at the time or just started dating. We listened to Gustopher Yellowgold, who's a oh, friend of yeah. mine, Morgan. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, no. yeah. We listened to that without before we had kids. It was just really weird and cool and very 1970s pop sounding. So it was really, for some of us, a way as musicians to go into different genres. And that's what I like about the kids' music world. You know what?
0: I like hearing how you talk about being a part of it and not just trying to be silly. And actually, I need you to weigh in on a debate. So I've had this debate with my brother. We had kids at the same time. My oldest is now 11. And when his kids were little, I got him what I thought was the world's best birthday gift. I got him like 10 CDs of the best kindy music people I could think of, like Justin Roberts and Dan right. and tons of stuff I thought he would think was awesome. And boy, did I get an eye roll. <laughs> and he, oh, really? yeah, he at the time said, well, you know, why can't the kids just listen to the music we listen to? And we kind of had this ongoing debate about, you know, kids needing to hear great music, but also, you know, certain tempos or repetitive lyrics right. or themes they can relate to. And I just wanted to know, obviously, I know you're on team Liz, but,
1: <laughs> <I wanted to laughs> yeah, your but solve this debate.
2: It's a struggle, actually, for me. It's funny. I Showed up at my session yesterday with Rich. We're working on writing music for another animated TV series. There's a show that I collaborated on theme song for "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie." There's a an animated oh, yeah. show, so I'm doing the music on that and and wrote the theme song with a couple of friends. And I walked in and I said to my friend Rich, I was like, I don't know about kids' music. It's like I don't know if I can do this thing, you know. I like when my kids listen to, you know, my son who's four. We're sitting at dinner with his cousins, and he's like, "Oh, they're playing Queen." You know, like yeah, you know but we feel mean, cool no when special. our kids know Queen or David Bowie And or- Elton John, and like my daughter knows all these indie bands that I don't even know because she listens with my husband and goes to Soundcheck. So I I feel very strongly that kids should listen to music. They should just listen to good music. Like I said, there are bands like Gustavo Yellow Gold that I just really love his music, and it happens to be for kids. I struggle with it and then I go play live shows and I say, oh my gosh, these kids really do like doing the monster stomp and stomping (laughs) their feet and waving their arms. Now it's more for the younger, younger kids, that kind of stuff that they really enjoy it. I would never replace listening to real music with just listening to kids music. You know, it's still to be taken in small doses because it can get too clever and quirky. Just like looking at Etsy too much can get too crafty. You can just blow your <laughs> brains out. You know, like it's amazing.
0: And then a yes, we did course, a whole like, show on Pinterest. Goals.
1: But I really need that hemp crossbody shoulder bag with crocheted <laughs> who knows what on it. <laughs>
2: you're looking at crochet, you're like... Or embroidery, and I'm doing an embroidery project now that my friend started where you do something and then you send it to a friend and they can't see what it you're is. You're the and they busiest can... person alive, Lisa. Goodness gracious. I'm like, I'll be looking online, going into the Pinterest hole or, or nostalgia, like the lip glosses. And oh my God, that was my Barbie. That was my Barbie camper. That was my Barbie airplane. And then <laughs> at a certain point, it's like you've had too much at Bed Bath & Beyond and you have to get out of there and you're about to throw
1: <laughs> up. Well, I love so much that you take inspiration from your own life. I mean, from your own nostalgia from what your kids on stage, what they want to hear. So what was the inspiration for this one?
2: Well, part of it was just after doing a Nursery Rhymes record, I really wanted to do original songs. And second of all, you know, when you get to be a grown-up and you're like, I don't care what I look... Like, you care, but you don't really care what you look like. Or you just, I don't care what's cool. You know, you just... Why do you, you think just we're want in podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to put on any makeup. But you get to a place where you're just like, I just want to make something. I'm an artist and I want to express myself and I don't care if it's cool or not cool. And as an artist, part of my job, especially now that I'm a mom is just to make what I want to make and to be an artist. And so making this kid's record, part of it was making catchy, fun, upbeat songs. You know, I I worked with this gal, Kyler England and Rich Jacks. She and Lalo have a great band called Freckles who do kids music. So we wrote some songs and it almost sounds like a Dolly Parton song or something. It's songs where you do enjoy like the milestones in life, like buttoning a button or making a sandcastle. And we had fun with the lyrics. Then there's other songs that are a little more kid-y than I would normally do. Like there's a song called Wiggle. For a minute, we thought we were going to put original songs on the Nursery Rhymes record. So I made a song to dance to that was Ah. for really young kids. But most of the other parts of the record have songs, like I wrote a song with Renee Stahl called I Was Here. It could almost really be on a grown-up record, and it, it's really just my own personal memories. It's about walking up the driveway to my grandmother Nana's house, and she says, go get a Eskimo pie from the icebox. You know, it's like very specific memories that for me was kind of um, a change for me because I'm usually more crafty and I don't go so autobiographical but I was trying to really paint the picture in a really autobiographical way and also nostalgically I finally get to sing a song from Free to Be You and Me we, we covered It's Alright to Cry as a duet <gasps>
0: I'm so glad the second you brought up Rosie Greer, I'm going to tell you I've had that as an earworm in my head, and now I can't wait to hear your version of it because it's one of the best. Okay,
1: but listen, Lisa, we have to also, you've got so much going on. We know your time is very limited, clearly, as you're doing 4,000 things and doing embroidery. Tell us about (laughs) the Amazon show, though. We want to know all about this new show. That's that's second season is launching Friday. Yeah, it's
2: really cute. It's a show called Creative Galaxy, and I've been doing voices for animation for years now. I did voices on Jake and the Neverland Pirates and Doc McStuffins, who my my collaborators write the music for that, and and all kinds of kids' shows. And I do voices on commercials. So the Creative Galaxy asked me to be a part of this show. And the people who put this show together also did Super Why and Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Yes, we're actually friends with Angela Angela, on Facebook. Oh, exactly. So they put this show together and I thought, this is so cool. I get to play a dance teacher. (laughs) All the arts are highlighted. You know, all the different classic arts are highlighted. And the second season, they brought on cooking as one of the arts and also dance. And I'm the dance teacher, which makes sense because I was a big ballet dancer growing up. That's what I thought I was going to be for a little while, a dancer and a doctor. And it's great because it captures how creativity and, and the arts can help you express yourself. And through dance, you can express your emotions and get over fears and all kinds of things, and the characters are really cute, and they animated me to look a lot like me, which is really cute. Oh, that's
1: awesome! How do your kids feel about it? They
2: they haven't seen it yet, they but no, they're always surprised when they see my voice coming out of other oh, I'm sure characters. You know, it's be like crazy. very strange. But they're gonna see my voice coming out of this character that looks similar to me. It won't be as mind blowing, but. I think it'll be really cute. They don't give me any kind of special treatment because it's me. You know, they might, like if we're listening to my music or something I've done, they might be like, no, it's okay, but I don't want to listen to it or watch it.
0: (laughs) Well, I know we are grateful as parents and our readers on our website and our listeners who have younger children are so grateful that people like you are creating amazing content. The new Feel What You Feel album the new season of Creative Galaxy on Amazon. It's so great to have stuff for our kids that we can enjoy with them instead of doing it as a favor for them. So we are grateful. Thank you for all the amazing stuff you're doing. Thank you.
2: I appreciate it. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it and inspires parents to spend time with their kids because they're really funny people.
0: We do. So we we do. actually like our kids. Yeah, we do like our kids. So now it's time for... Cool, sweet! Cool picks of the week. And Lisa is going to kick this one off. So Lisa, what's your cool pick of the week? Well,
2: my cool pick of the week is something I've been thinking about a lot lately at the beginning of the school year. It has to do with lunches. And I'm always scared of plastic. And we're trying to move away from it. So one of my favorite things is Planet Box. And ah, we love you Planet You know, Box. from the really cool kids <laughs> at school or the fancy kids at school, they've got these really cool metal boxes that close shut. And they've got all these different compartments where you could put your kids, cut up cucumbers and carrots and slip in the little tiny cookie sometimes. Um, and it's really cool, and it comes in a canvas bag that you can zip up and put their water bottle in also, and their little napkin and, and fork, and you can wash the canvas bag. So I really love Planet Box.
0: That's a great pick. And we are big fans, and Stacy, our editor at Cool Mom Eats, also, she recommends Planet Box all the time. It's a great reusable bento system. So you are a cool mom, Lisa. Thank you.
1: So my cool pick of the week I just discovered at my favorite local toy store. It's called Jazam. So if people are ever in New Hope, Pennsylvania or Princeton, you have to go to Jazam. I love that name.
0: That's the name of the store, Jizam's. It's the name of the store. Jazam. I'm going to so say was... that like all day now. Jazam.
1: <laughs> Jazam's. <laughs> so I was over there looking for just ways to, as my, as my five-year-old says, waste money. And uh, that's what she says in a store. She's like, what can I waste my money on? And I found these really cool books from Workman Publishing. They're called Everything You Need to Know to Ace. Science, math, world history—you name it—they're for middle schoolers. So, of course, we both have middle schoolers, and they are so fun. They're like kind of like modern-day crib notes, if uh, that
0: Cliff, rings like Cliff about. Notes.
1: Crib notes, Cliff notes. Crib notes yes. are like
0: what you would write on the side of your sneaker during no. a test to cheat. Okay, and if there are no. any kids listening, we never actually did that. We just no, looked it
1: up. no, no. See, I'm very confused. I just say it. I wasn't in this country in the 80s, and I was homeschooled. Yeah, those cliff are my notes, two excuses. Cliff notes, the short Cliff versions. notes, but these are really fun. It's you know, it's the same publisher that did our friend Asha Dornfest's book, Parent Hacks. Oh, yeah. You know, we've recommended that. And Workman does
0: all the Four Dummies books, don't
1: they? Yes, they do. And this one is so fun. It's colorful. It's got graphics. It's different fonts. Like, it's just easy to read. And I feel like even if you don't have a kid that's struggling, I still think they're really interesting. In fact, I picked up the American History one for my son, who's nine, just because it's like kind of the best of everything you need to know. And it saves me from having to answer all his 400 questions. <laughs> I just <laughs> hand him the book and be like, this, just look at what it says here about American history. So anyway, we'll put the link on our podcast page, but they're Everything You Need to Know. It's a book series from Workman Publishing.
0: Well, interestingly, my pick also came from my kids. My daughter was watching a video because you know how kids these days, they say they want to watch a show and you turn on the TV and, and they're like, you realize you they already that? have headphones on and they're looking down at the screen. <laughs> so anyway, she's watching the show and it's going on and on and on. And I finally said, what are you watching? There's this series that is so awesome. I am probably the last person in the world to discover them. But they are called the Satisfying Video Series or Oddly Satisfying Videos. And you can search them all over YouTube. They actually came from a Reddit thread called Reddit. Oddly satisfying. And oh. they're like these cool, repetitive videos that are totally hypnotizing and kind of zen and calming. And they might be one all about food. And all it is is like these kind of overhead shots of conveyor belts churning out fortune cookies or chopping what? candies or, or swirling at cakes with frosting. And so it's like those kind of repetitive, cool, mechanical, almost like the best of a Sesame Street video when they used to teach you about things and they'd have the close up of machinery. And it just goes on and on. And they're (laughs) awesome. They're so awesome. Seriously. That is hilarious. Yeah. And so there's not, I haven't been able to find any one official channel for them. Just go on YouTube and search satisfying videos or oddly satisfying videos. You can also search with keywords like machines or food and you'll find like the best cake decorating moments. And it's like a 20 minute video of just watching cake decorating and it is absolutely meditative. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to try this. I need something. It's I-, super I need cool. something, Liz. So that maybe this will be my thing. And hey, it's free. So you can save money for Planet Box. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Spond, and a huge thanks to our special guest, Lisa Lowe. Thank you. And hey, where can people find you if they want to find you on Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere?
2: People can find me at Lisa Loeb, L-O-E-B. And it's Lisa Loeb Official on Facebook. It's Lisa Loeb on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all of those. And lisaloeb.com. You can find out where I'm going to be on tour. I play grown-up shows and kids' shows all over the place.
0: We're so happy you joined us. Thank you so much for sharing all this amazing stuff and taking a break in your busy day that started at 4.30 in the morning. We are so (laughs) grateful. Thank
2: you. Now go get some coffee. I'm going to go get some more (laughs) coffee and go kiss my cat before I get moving. Thanks,
0: Lisa.
1: Well, this show sounds so fabulous because of our engineer, John Bowen. He
0: rocks. He totally rocks. And so do you, our listeners. So please make sure you subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, download our episode. And if you're inclined, take a few minutes and leave us a review. It helps other people find our show, and it gives us a warm, tingly feeling inside. (laughs) In a totally G-rated way.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day.